This is a companion podcast to my Fox Nation special, Riddle, The Search for James R. Hoffa. Be sure to go to foxnation.com to watch the whole show. And now, Riddle, the podcast. For the next 30 minutes, you'll hear from Ed Barnes. Ed is a former Fox News producer. He worked with me on our Hoffa investigation. He was a noted Time Magazine correspondent for decades who also was an organized crime investigator for New York State. He probed unions, the mob, and guess what? As it turned out, Frank Sharon. He has a new motive for Hoffa's killing and where he says Hoffa's body was dumped. But first, let me get you quickly up to speed. Jimmy Hoffa, he disappeared on July 30th, 1975, from the parking lot of the Marcus Red Fox restaurant in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. It was believed he was headed to a meeting with Detroit mob boss Anthony Tony Jack Giacalone and New Jersey Genovese captain and Teamster official Tony Tony Pro Provenzano. Well, in 2001, Buffalino crime family member and Teamster official Frank Sharon, an admitted mafia killer, he told me he shot Hoffa in a house in Detroit. I met him as part of his proposed biography, which became the book, I Heard You Paint Houses. In 2004, we went to that house. We pulled up the tiles on the hardwood floor, and we actually found blood. The pattern fit Sharon's story precisely. The greatest amount of the possible evidence was in front of the foyer closet door, where Sharon says Hoffa hit his head on the floor. Seven drops went down the hallway to the kitchen, where Sharon says Hoffa's body was dragged out by two accomplices and was cremated. The FBI did find blood. They said one drop was inconclusive in terms of the DNA match. Another one was to an unknown male. There was no match to Hoffa, which is why I am calling on the government to release all of the Hoffa FBI investigation files fully now. Let the Hoffa family and the American public know what's been secret for so long and that we have been denied knowing and retest the blood evidence we found using the latest DNA technology. Now... Here is Ed Barnes. The FBI is up against the Stonewall and they're investigating Ed Barnes, thank you, Ed. Good to see you. You're welcome. Good to see you. Should the Hoffa files be fully released? At this point, yes. There's there's actually nothing left to hide. There's hardly any crime that's that, that, that you can find. There's only one crime left, and that's murder. Um, and most of the people that we suspect were involved in the murder are dead. So right now, releasing the files would clear up the historical record answer a lot of questions that, that, that have lingered around and, and maybe, you know, allow the FBI to stop digging up farmhouses in, <laughs> in Michigan when, <laughs> when somebody else says they have a clue. And I also guess that the informants are presumably dead. We don't know who they all are. No, but by and large, they're, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're, they, if they're not dead, they're over a hundred years old. And so, all right, they're, yeah. they're almost there. There's or only they're... one guy still living. And, uh, it's Andretta, Tommy. Oh, uh, Chucky O'Brien's suspect also. And, and Chucky O'Brien, yeah. Um, so you're right. There's Yeah, there's two people that are still, I mean, they they maybe have to react and solve the crime, the, 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 the record uh, with what comes out. They're either clearing their name or basically, um, you know, saying um, there's more to it than that. Why don't they, like, give him immunity? 
Could they do that? To murder? Yeah. And just say, look, to get the, get the truth out? You'd have a hard time giving somebody immunity to a murder. Okay. I mean, almost anything else you can probably get away with. But uh, it's, uh, the state is particularly loath to have anybody get away with murder. It's just <laughs> why we say that all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yes, right. <laughs> now, let me go back way back uh, when we uh, got the case. Yeah. And uh, after I met Frank Sharon, one day I'm in the hallway here at Fox News. I'm like, right. you know what, Ed, because you have a long history. Yeah. So detail some of your history in dealing with the mob, both covering it and also investigating it. Oh, okay. I, I started out young at the Patterson News in New Jersey, which was, um, I mean, you wouldn't believe the influence the mob have. I can, I, I can tell you one, one story. I, um, one day they gave me a story to do on loan sharking, and I went out as a reporter and uh, uh, came back into the newsroom and uh, looked at the, the reporter on my left. And he just looked up from his desk, right, and said, just squinted, said, did you find it? And I said, yeah. And he just picked up his, he was a loan shark working in the newsroom. <laughs> he, so he picked up his, he just cleaned out his desk and walked out. We never heard from him again. Wow. That's how pervasive it was. Um, and I worked on the mafia stuff. My, the biggest story I did is, is, is the one that sort of is a, the determinant in the, in the um, of what happened to, in, in this case. I looked at Dr. Ra, um, August Giuliano, who is an orthopedic surgeon out of uh, Allendale, New Jersey. Uh, he was partners with Salvatore Berguglio in a, in a deal in Union City. Um, I wrote the story. Uh, this was after the Hoffa murder, but uh, when the story came out, uh, he was indicted, and uh, the um, and, but he was also the front man that these guys were supposed to have for the casino in Vegas, the 14 acres that they were trying to buy. Let me stop you right there for a second. Yeah. Sal Gulio, for anyone who's seen our uh, special on Fox Nation, uh, Riddle, the search for James R. Hoffa, Sal Bergulio is one of the original suspects. Some, like Dan Dea, believe that he is the shooter. We, of course, go through Frank Sharon's claims in our program and uh, – uh, many feel that, well, uh, the reason that Hoffa was killed was because he wanted to regain the presidency of the Teamsters. But, Ed, you have something completely different. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, what we what we know, particularly once the, the stuff about Giuliano and Bergoglio and, and another important hitman for the mob, uh, Tommy Principe, uh, came out. We know in prison, Hoffa and Provenzano came in a fistfight. Mm-hmm. That was about it. And it was it was not about the presidency. Hoffa didn't mean much to, to Provenzano, who was on the East Coast in a different different set of structure, the Teamster structure. So it was clearly there was money involved, real money, and it should and and Hoff, Provenzano wanted the the central states pension fund, which was out of the, the central states in Midwest, um, and he wanted Hoffa to make sure he got the money for his casino. Because if you look at the situation at that time, the St. Louis mob families had a casino. Chicago had the casino. I mean, there's a movie called Casino. <laughs> and that had become basically the, 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 the holy grail for, for families. You, not only did you gamble, you can go out there dressed up. You can take your mistress. You can take your wife the next weekend. You could, I mean, it was unbelievable. Okay? So clearly, the, the, the minute that you, you, you attach Giuliano – uh, and and to the to the, to, the, to the Provenzano, that's the motive for the murder. It is opening up that land, right? And when I when I did that story on on Giuliano, he got indicted, so he's no longer he could function as a front man. 
And I'll tell you, you know, I was told by the FBI that that, that story also was the end of Braguglio, that they said, look, the minute your story came out, he didn't have clearance to do that extra building with Giuliano. So when he came home one night, on, he put his wallet on the desk, took off his rings, his watch, walked out, walked down Mulberry Street, and was murdered there. And he knew it was coming. We, the 1978, that murder unsolved. Uh, yeah. Frank Sharon claimed he did it, but it's still unsolved. Uh-huh. He may uh, have done it. I, all I know is, is that, he, you know, the, yeah, I, I know what the FBI says was, 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 was the reason it happened. Can you explain uh, the way you reported this? The doctor, he's a regular doctor in New Jersey. Right. And what does he do? What money does he have? How, is, how does he precisely work into this? At, at, you're saying the money went through... Him from the mob to buy land on the strip? Yes, he was the front man. All right, you had you had basically Provenzano going to take the money from the Central States Pension Fund, the Teamsters. Provenzano could never get a gambling license in, in in Las Vegas, but here he was. He didn't even have to have much money in it. I mean, it would go through him, but he's the front man. He's the guy. He's an orthopedic surgeon, well respected from a little town in New Jersey, um, and. Uh, and that they thought would clear the clear the clear the hurdles for them to to open the casino. And, and this was to buy a casino or the land for a casino. They were going to build strip. a casino. It was fourteen. It was the last fourteen plus acres on 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 the strip. Was it ever built that casino? No, because well, yeah, but he fell apart because okay. he couldn't be once he once he had the, he pleaded guilty to the the story okay. the, to the charges that I brought in the story, and that was then he was gone as a front man. Okay. And by that time, the heat from the Hoffa murder was was really you know. Uh, once that nexus had been made, it ramped back up again. So your view is um, that it was not necessarily to regain the Teamsters, the no. reason Jimmy Hoffa was killed. No. It's a specific money issue. One deal. Mm-hmm. That that 14 acres on the strip That's right. that maybe Hoffa was going to block – and that could have led to the fist fight with Provenzano. Hoffa was clear he wasn't going to fund. I mean, he, you know, he, why would he fund the team? He, they've got their pension funds in New York. You know, why don't you use the 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 the, the you know, one of the one of the ones out of, out of the city. Don't uh, use the Midwest one. Yeah, the, but you're coming into the Midwest, and right now Hoffa is, and, and that was the largest sum of cash at that point ever accumulated, because all these trucking companies were paying the pensions in, but nobody was collecting. It was still new, so there you, nobody even had tenure yet. So for ten or fifteen years, this this was just a pile of cash, and it was and, and the mob used it in in, in 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 a number of ways, mostly in the entertainment stuff. But but you know, the, the, I mean, I can name you know, yeah, there was so many bankruptcies, so many bad deals, so many that, uh, and it changed. Hoffa in the early days, I think, expected and demanded that the loans be repaid under Fitzsimmons. I, that. That didn't happen. It was he was playing golf, which which is another reason uh, the mob supposedly would have blocked Hoffa. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, if there were, if there was the an Teamsters. election, it, would they have been for Hoffa? No, I mean, would they have figured out a way to to to, to make sure he didn't get the election? Yeah, I mean, again, there was a whole legal process going on at the time about his his pardon, whether it's whether it's valid, whether the the statu- the, the, the agreement in the pardon not to run. Would would be valid? I mean, there was still you know ten years of of, of litigation and, and stuff to go before um, um, the, that the election issue would come to a, a, a place. He would be a murder. He was released, pardoned uh, by President Richard Nixon, but there was that stipulation that he not run for the Teamsters presidency right. until 1980, mm-hmm. when he would have been 70. Right. I guess something years old. Right. Um, so I knew of your history, yeah. uh, and we're covering mob stuff here at Fox News. Uh-huh. And one day I go uh, to you, Ed, you ever hear of a guy named Frank Sharon? <laughs> and you go, 
is he a union guy? Is he, uh, let me see. Uh-huh. And what'd you bring in the next day? Well, I had a file on him. I, we, we kept <laughs> files on everything. So I had a box of stuff that, that had almost every, you know, I mean, we, we had like a report of interview ta- uh, papers, uh, police documents, and then, you know, the whole litany of, 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 of newspaper clips. And, and the Hoffex memo. And the Hoffex memo. memo. Yeah. The, the, yeah. That was one of the rarest things to get. I mean, nobody, you know, even the Detroit Free Pass had been trying for 20 years to get that thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was. And that, again, of all the things we, again, talking about why and stuff, um, that lays out the, um, a lot of things, the brilliance of the crime, um, the, the participants, um, and, and why it really was never quite cracked. Um, why do you think it wasn't, has not yet been solved by law enforcement? All right. Well, look. The only the only source they got is Picardo, right? Little Ralphie, and he, he and he's talking. What he gives up is scuttlebutt hearsay that he's heard them. They're, they're talking. That's Ralph Picardo in Trenton State Prison. Yeah, yeah. Says that uh, the Andretta's or Steve Andretta told him that yeah. they were involved. Uh, right. Tommy Andretta, I want to add, has not responded to our request for an interview. Right. As a matter of fact, he's yeah. He, he slammed the door in the face. So right, where, you were out yeah, to, at his yeah, house yeah, yeah, yeah. a number of years ago. And right. Right. So, uh, Mr. Andretta, if you're listening, please call us. <laughs> you have an open invitation right. for a podcast or interview. Okay. So yeah. anyway, you had. Uh, Go, uh, sorry to interrupt yeah, yeah. you. But the, the so it's a small. So so what it is? Group, I mean, yeah. look again. This is the re- one of the reasons it is so tight, and and it's done by by basically two sets of twins or brothers, not twins. Yeah. Two sets of brothers. So in order to flip, not only do you have to flip on Tony Prow, which may or may not be a problem. He was a psycho, but you got to flip on your brother, right? Which is. You know, not not done. Um, That's a brilliant strategy. So you're absolutely. saying two was, sets two sets of brothers. It was more than just a crime family. It was it was a, it was a, you know it, it was an atomic family that, that that was also involved as well, and that made it that insulated it much like you know the IRA uses guys from the three people that know each other and mm-hmm. and that's it, you know, and that's why you can that you don't get penetrated and they don't turn on each other most of the time. What do you think of Frank Sharon's claim? Uh, it makes sense. I mean, he's clearly he was there. We, we all knew even before he talked to Charlie that he was Hoffa would not go anywhere without him. He was Hoffa's chief protector, big, tough, I mean, and willing to kill. So, yes. And Hoffa, the reason he was there that day was to ensure Hoffa's safety. And the reason Hoffa died is because they got to him. Now, when he went out to the house the first time in right. uh, must have been February 2004. Right. Uh, freezing in Detroit. <laughs> we know all about the house. We know mm-hmm. who owns the house because right, right. in, in, in investigative journalism, you do property searches. You That's get right. every record you possibly can. Right, right. We knock on the door, and uh, uh, Rick Wilson, who owned the house at the time, would not open the door. He said, uh, slip your business card in with the cell phone. So I, right, right. I, we, we go out. It's cold. We sit in the car just like a movie with the right, two right. cops, you know, mm-hmm. or Dumb and Dumber or whatever <laughs> we are. And I'm like, you know, if, 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 right. if this guy doesn't call, we're dead. It's not going to happen. Cell phone rings. It's, uh-huh. it's Rick Wilson. Walk up to the door, opens it up. He says, "I, my wife's home. She's nervous. Come into the van." And he had a van, and and, right. and we, he's he's like two hundred and fifty pounds. Wonderful man, yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful man. And we we sat down in the van. He's it's, he had like the semicircular couch in the back, mm-hmm. and he leaned forward. Well, first of all, we said uh, we're here from Fox News. We believe something of historic nature happened in your house on the right. foyer. We'd like to examine the floor. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Gentlemen, I know why you're here." Are you here because of the dead body in the basement? Right. <laughs> what did you think? I knew I was going to be digging all night. <laughs> and 
it was. It was stunning. Yeah. I mean, it was. We're like thinking, this is the house that Frank Sharon says right. he killed Jimmy Hoffa. And the owner of the house just told us there's a dead body in the basement. Right. So we said, well, we don't believe, we don't have evidence of a dead body, but we'll find out. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I'm thinking, and we said, we said, don't tell our wives. We didn't right. tell anybody that weekend, came back, and right. I went to Home Depot and got the trolls and the suits and the things mm -hmm. for us to dig. Right. And I'm thinking, good fellas, what would you do if you put a body in, mm -hmm. build a cinder block wall, right. and, and that would be a tomb? And we we go yeah. down the stairs, and there was the there's a wall mm -hmm. with you open the little door, and there was like it looked right. like dirt, which could have been a mound. Yeah, a mound, of, it, right? It looked right. just like a grave. A grave mark, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And you dug down. Yeah. All night. And uh, there was nothing there. Yes. There was nothing there. Does but, it make sense to you that he would have been buried in the no. house? No. 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 Clearly, and that's the other fascinating thing about what when you when you you realize this is such a close-knit New Jersey operation, right? That um, they never let that body out of their sight. They never let anybody from another crime family near it. Nobody knew where the killing was going to be, all right? And uh, and they, did they take the body? Yes. I can tell you from, from people that I talk to is that Dan Maldia is partially right. The, it was put in a drum. It was driven back to New Jersey, but from what I hear from people who used to be Provenzano's superiors, that it was it was taken down to just outside of Atlantic City, to a chicken farm, shredded, and both the uh, the, the body parts and the barrel and the shredder were then taken out and thrown out the sea. And it's fascinating because if you think about this, right, this all happens. Hoffa disappears two thirties when he's there. The murders by three. People don't get worried until later in the night, yeah. okay? Meanwhile, they just pop this the, the, the thing in the back of a truck and drive straight. It's a 15-hour drive. So by the time people get worried, then you've got the whole night sleeping where you can't call anybody. Mm -hmm. um, by the time they get to Jersey, it's it's already, it's sun up. There's no alarms. There's nobody looking. The all-points bullet hasn't gone yet. And then you get there, shred it, get the small boat, take it a couple of miles offshore, and that's it. So now, again, perfect crime. You don't, there's not going to be a body somewhere to dig up. There's not going to be anybody else that knows. There is no other evidence that anyone can find except if you penetrate the Bruguglios and the Andretis or Tony, Tony Pro Flips, or, but which is never going to happen. But that was it. And, and Andretta, as I said, it, it, it took the fifth in 1975. Yeah, is yeah. declining a request for an interview. Mm -hmm. And what you just said is fascinating because in our program, you know, uh, Jeff Hansen, former law enforcement officer, believes that he was cremated in the only crematory right. in Detroit, 1975, right. which is very close to the house. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Frank Sharon said he was told dust to dust that it, that meaning maybe he was cremated. Yeah. But your sources are saying that actually. Yes. No, uh, he made it to New Jersey. He made it in the barrel. And, and and they still talk about it. I mean, there is. I mean, among the the, the old guys, because there's nothing. It's it's hearsay at this point, and there's nothing to find. Is there any way? Do, do they get prosecuted, or because it's hearsay, it, do, no, it doesn't? No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's just like here's what happened, and we all know it, right? And it came from, you know, again, it came from the upper levels of the Teamsters who were there at the time, who were there dealing with them guys. It's same as like you know, little little Ralphie Picardo going, yeah. Um, he, he, there was no evidence except that Tommy Andretta told them stuff, right? Or Stevie, Stevie. Stevie Andretta, yeah. sorry. Yeah, that Stevie told them stuff, and uh, and that may or may not be true, but it's not going to get you in the court. We believe Stevie died, by the way, of cancer in 2000. Um, uh, okay. What did Hoffa mean? 
in terms of his legacy and and this whole case, uh, he's seen as the little guy. Others say, well, he did le- he let the mob into the union at the same right, time. Right, right. Uh, your feeling mm-hmm. is that he really was a, a union, oh yeah, fighter for the little guy, right? No, more than that. Not, yes, he really was. I mean, he look at what look at what his accomplishments are. I mean, the, the Central States Pension Fund at that time was the largest amount of cash ever amassed, and it was all on the behalf of working guys. He could shut down the government. He was the only working guy in America that could that that could challenge the presence in in, in, in the exercise of pure raw power. Shut down the country. Every truck pulls over, and at those days, that was effective. He could have paralyzed the country. He could anything. Yeah, um, and. Look, he, he didn't become rich off it. He didn't, you know, he lived in that same little house. There's not, I mean, there's there's some elements that still need to look into that he had some deals on the side. But this was not, this was not a guy like, um, you know, the, the Koch brothers or anything mm-hmm. like that going to, you know, to take over. He, he And he spent a lot of time dealing with the workers. And you're going to, and it's not, the other thing you sort of have to remember is that the, that the takeover of the unions was, um, the mob, the mob didn't. The mob filled a vacuum. Basically, what happened was the House on American Activities Committee and stuff like that. Not only were un- unions were basically the places where, where you know where workers' rights should have them. Well, that's the last thing America wanted at that point. Um, it's particularly so. The, there's 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 a the amount of legislation, but half. If you look at the, the, all the Red Scare and Hollywood and stuff like that, the most dynamic and important element was what it did to the union movement. It made if you were an effective union leader representing your man, you were also a commie, mm. and they were going to get mm-hmm. you out, whether you were or not. I mean, by, by and large, were you know you, you weren't a Republican, but you were, you know, I mean, you were trying to to, to to basically get a seat at the management table, and that's not something management has ever wanted. And if again, if you look at what happened once you started decimating the the Teamsters, and the, and and then the issue be, becomes you know the mob stuff, and yeah, the mob stuff's bad. But the mob, they were invited in. They were they came in through a vacuum. It wasn't like there was some, some great scheme or conspiracy. It was just, look, look at what the government's doing to, to the working guys. Do you think the state of unions in our country today would have been better if Jimmy Hoffa wasn't killed? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had a, that strong leadership and, 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 again, that pile of money for lobbying stuff in those days, you don't have to have, you know, sort of 50 million or 600 million dollars in those days. You know, I mean, there was, the, the nature of the government was different. The lobbying was different. Could he have, could he have brought together the unions? I mean, again, he was forced out. He wasn't in the AFL-CIO, but could there have been an agreement and, and, and um, a sort of a, some sort of unity program put together to, to protect? Uh, you know, because you got to remember, the Chamber of Commerce at that time basically said unionizing was a right. All right, that came out a little bit later, but but by and large, what this was, you know, sort of post World War II. What was supposed to happen? We fought in Europe. We're going to fight, as, you know, as, again as workers here for what we, what we got. And it was the time of the, the greatest prosperity we ever not. And that was unions. It's it's seems to me, and this is may may not be a perfect parallel, but right. I often see the murder of Jimmy Hoffa as a touchstone in the decline of American unions, oh. and in fact, in the decline of our industrial base mm-hmm. when foreign autos started to take over and, and out outsell uh, right. domestic autos. When you see the state of many plants now in Detroit right. And, right. and other areas in the Rust Belt of our country, yeah, uh, and it's sad. Oh, it's it's, it, it's a tragedy. A, this is a sad. Tragic story, actually, not right. just of Jimmy Hoffa, right. but of the decline of an of a, of a important backbone element of this country right. that created the American century. 
yeah. that helped us beat the Nazis by mm-hmm. building the B-24 Liberators in mm-hmm. Willow Run. And, mm-hmm. and the whole industrial might of our country was based in Detroit. It right. came out of that city. Right. And in a way, it started to decline right. with the murder of Jimmy Hoffa. It does. So you don't see any other – I mean, Walter Ruther's still around but you, you and, and with the auto workers. But you don't – yeah – you don't see the guy that's going to go up. Look, every union battle, right, was every a union unionization, every union organizing was a battle. And scabs come in, the high it was. So you know, I mean, Walter Ruther is not exactly the <laughs> in that in that ilk, yeah. but certainly Hoffa was, and 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 he sort of knew how to you know sort of. Um, if you're going to play that way, I, I play that way, and he did it very, very successfully. He had alliances. He did yeah, with 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 you know all, with, with thugs, sure. Um, but it worked, and and at that point, yes, the, the you know the, the the best music came out of Detroit when everybody was working. Yep. The best, I mean, you you look at what what I, that was Motown, the, the, the wow. epitome yep. of, of 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 America, and the, you know the the, the the South came up and mm-hmm. workers came in from there and filled in the the spots. It was it was it was a glorious time. Now we went to the house. Yeah. And we found the blood pattern. Uh, uh, Right. Well, that's the thing. When we sat down and said, "Or we do this," and I said, "There's only one way to do this. There's, there's, there's a, you know, there's a half a body scare every every mm-hmm. year, right?" And I said, "If this is the way, there's going to mm-hmm. be some blood, and we do a luminol test." Um, and that was more just to be sure. I mean, I wouldn't. We couldn't go. I, I wouldn't want to go ahead with the story without that. If it, he's killed in a hallway and there's no, there's no blood or anything like that. Um, yeah, no proof. That was their feeling was that yeah. here's a claim. How mm-hmm. can we advance the story? How can we actually solve? Can this sure. actually be solved? How do we think of the next investigative level? reporting? Right, right, right. And then I got the, the Michigan State Police. Mm-hmm. The Michigan there's a there's a group of ex Michigan State policemen yep. who, who 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 do these tests and who are forensic experts and they came in and and we worked the night. You know, we we dug up the floor. We found the slots. You can see the you know the, the luminal. It, and for that, that was enough of a confirmation. Especially because it, I mean, everything followed the 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 the, 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 the allegation that, that Sharon made. Blood pattern, big in the hallway, and right through the door, which is where the gunshot would have been. There would have been stuff on the floor, and more likely he would have walked onto a tarp, where they they try to hold the blood and stuff like that. But you got the dripping pattern out to the back door. We know, you know, the the way that house was set up. You know that body's yeah. not going to be. You, you either bring in the barrel or and, and and stuff like that, but it's right into the truck. Yeah, Frank, and you're gone. Frank said he uh, went when uh, he walked behind Hoffa. Hoffa turned around to grab the door. He shot him in the back of the head twice. Right. Head goes down by the closet where mm-hmm. we found most of that evidence, right. and then seven drops going down the hallway where uh, the so-called cleaners, the accomplices, yeah. dragged the body. He said, or would have carried the, the tarp. I think you probably get spillage off that. Okay, because yeah. uh, you, you had a bigger blood spill, especially you know again. It's, it was 22, yep. so you don't get a lot of blood stuff. You know, I mean, that, that, that's designed for close-range killing and not a lot of blood. And and out the back door into the station wagon right. to, to where, wherever. But when we uh, – the FBI tested 50 samples. 28 are positive for the – their term is uh, the, 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 the potential or indications of blood because that's right, right. what you say from Luminol. Yeah. And, and we did find blood. Our guys confirmed there was blood and there yeah. was a blood drop. That they got the DNA that is is matched to an unknown male. They don't know who it is. Right, and another right. one that's they say largely inconsistent. I like to know what that means. Yeah. How, how much did they? Do you think they? I mean, they should retest the blood now with the technology that they have I mean, now. A, yeah, I mean, at that point, I, yeah, the technology was not there. I don't know exactly what the technology is right now, but if there's a chance of doing it, sure. So retest the blood. Mm-hmm. 
release the files. Right. And do you think that this blood pattern that we found is the corroboration to Frank Sharon's confession? Uh, you know, alone, it's not. But everything else that he's there, yes. Is he the guy most likely to pull the gun? Does that match his stuff, even though you can't prove it? I mean, again, like, you, you, it would be pretty easy to make a, get a guilty verdict out of this. But it's not like... You know, one guy. You know, the one. It's it's not like Perry Mason, where the, that that one little piece yeah, of element yeah. just blows the case apart. This is a compendium of of facts mm-hmm. that all point to Sharon, that all point to Bergoglio, that all point to Provenzano, um, and and point to 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 the to the crime becoming a way to get uh, you know for the, the New Jersey gang to get a, a casino in Vegas. And, and finally, the, the participants, mm-hmm. the the timing. I mean, and you know, and the art. The one thing we don't talk about is how well, the art of that murder, which is really pretty sophisticated and amazing. Uh, Sharon saying he he took a private plane from Port Clinton. Yeah, but even that, he's, he, he he drives out Route 80, right, yep. and is never leaving uh, Buffalino's side. I, I, Although 80 may not have been built then. But he, no, he 80, was in, was, uh, oh, was? 80 was built then. Okay, it was Seven, in, yeah, in, yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so, through the – you yeah. come, you, and you, you – but also you stop at the restaurant and you mm-hmm. have a, a really public lunch. Yeah. Right, and that's, that's Buffalino and his wife, and uh, Sharon and, and his, his wife, wife and her sister. Right, and you're there, and, and you're Sharon leaves on says he left on the plane. He gets on the plane, five minutes up, goes to the car. Right, get in, reassure Hoffa. Hoffa's mad because he's kept waiting. Um, five minutes down to the house, or what is this? Seven minutes. What did we? What did we time? Yeah, we, I think we had it like seven minutes. Yeah, 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 and then yeah, open the door. Oh, and that's today with more traffic. Let me just <laughs> let me just say that. All right, so it could have been faster back then. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, opens the door, two shots, gun drops. Sharon doesn't go in the house. He doesn't get any blood on his feet. He doesn't do anything mm-hmm. like He just turns around. Um, one of the guys in the car is waiting for him, drives him right back to the airplane, and he's back in, you know, literally the same amount of time. I mean, yeah, yeah the, I think the, 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 uh, you wouldn't notice. Yes, I think he said he drove himself back, left the, left the dusty Ford in uh, the Pontiac airport, and he's gone. And like that done, three hours. Gets in the car with well, that would be taking three hours. That if that's under that's under an hour. Well, the whole thing. I mean, the, oh, okay. you got to fly the whole operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from Port Clinton, uh-huh. goes back to Port Clinton at the diner, picks up uh, 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 Buffalino uh-huh. and 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 the women, and that's when the FBI later clocks them coming into Detroit, and that's their alibi. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, they, they pulled off the murder right under the nose of the FBI. I mean, yes, here. But I mean, and I'm sure they kept if there. I don't even remember if there was toll receipts that you could have. Yeah. But I'm yes, sure. Yes. I'm sure. I'm sure the restaurant receipts from along the way yeah. would have told the same story too. We were together. There was four of us. Here's what time we were. You know, there was no cameras in those days. But mm-hmm. you can go back and 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 there's a way to make yourself sort of at least memorable yeah. in a hotel. In a, and in a and restaurant. When, when we were in Detroit in 2004, we found out through several law enforcement law enforcement sources and mm-hmm. i have an additional right. one mm-hmm. now yeah. that the fbi was trying to get the book they were trying to get to the house oh us yes sir well we were at the house they okay. found out we were at the house yeah, and yeah. they were trying to get to the house right uh i think basically to beat us oh yeah uh, yeah uh and that was astounding uh, well yeah particularly because the fbi doesn't have a jurisdiction i mean there's a murder case left it's not obstruction of justice it's not anything else like that i mean i can see the fbi sort of coming in and trying to trying to maintain the crime scene but they have no crime that, that they can prosecute right what do you think is going to happen at the end um of the whole case then, look i mean what we're doing right now is basically wrapping the last pieces up as as as, as people die as memories fade and as people we just sort of can understand the importance of it and uh 
And that's that's it. I mean, is, there's going to be no guilty plea. There's going to be no prosecution. There's going to be no. But bringing together the best information we have, this is the story that history should tell about Hoffa, unless something else much more, you know, something comes along. But I, we've covered the basis. I mean, it's we know that we know the trial trial out. We know he showed up at when he showed up the man's shoes. We know when the murder. We know he took place. He comes back to the car. He he hooks up with Buffalino again. Um, what um, there's there's not a lot of you know it's um yeah there's not a lot of hard questions that are that are that are really un, unsolved it's just unproved and and the way to finally get all this out i think right. rele- release it all unredacted unless if there's, there's something new there unless yeah, there's yeah. something da- unless you put someone's life in danger right but that mm-hmm. to this day get it out uh-huh. retest the blood right so we can find out everything sure yeah ed barnes thank you ed Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Check out all the other Riddle podcasts. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And just Google my name, put Frank Sherwin next to it, or Jimmy Hoffa, and you can see the other articles we've written. And you can keep up with my reporting on Fox News. I'm Eric Sean. Thanks again for Riddle, the podcast. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors often running small businesses right in your community. Plus. They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.